first episode of Sage Without a Stage. Uh, this podcast will focus on anything modern teaching, anything teaching practice, any questions that uh, listeners might have, anything related to basically teaching in the information age. So I just wanted to start out and just talk about what the title of this podcast even means. Uh, Whether you're familiar with it or not, there is a phrase uh, called, or not called, but it is the sage on the stage. And what that refers to is an idea that uh, instructors teach in such a way that they are basically, literally, sometimes, standing on a stage in front of a lot of people, and they are a sage. They are the person who has all the knowledge, and they are the person who is delivering that knowledge to the masses, to their students who are sitting calmly in chairs, maybe asleep, maybe not. So the idea behind Sage Without a Stage is just to think about uh, teaching practice in a more contemporary fashion, in a way that um, speaks to how education has changed um, over the last 10, 20, 30 years, and uh, how we as instructors can actually uh, contribute to um, and talk about these issues um, openly. Okay, So the idea here is that uh, Sage Without a Stage uh, is... A teacher who doesn't really have a stage anymore. That way of teaching is not so much dead and gone, but it is transitioning out. You don't really see uh, that many instructional or learning experiences um, set up in that format anymore, right? Yeah, of course we still have lectures. Of course we uh, still engage in such a way that uh, there's always one person telling a, a whole bunch of people about certain information. Um, but for the vast majority of learning experiences now, it's much smaller classes, it's much more interactive, it's uh, bringing in technology tools, it's doing all of the things that we have known to do for the last 10 years or so. Okay, So for this first episode, I just wanted to do a really brief introduction of something that we'll be talking about in subsequent episodes, but just to introduce this idea of, um, I don't even know what you would call it, I don't have a name for it. Let's just call it like the educational triangle. Um, And there's three pieces to this triangle. Uh, The first one is interaction. The second one is assessment. Uh, The third one is content. So let's start with content. That's a good place to start. Um, So many times when I was going through university and high school, uh, instructors would tell you at the beginning of the class, you would get your syllabus or your course outline, and it would be all about the content. You would see like a weekly breakdown, and it would be like, okay, we're going through chapter one and two in week one. In week two, we're going through three and four. And the content was the backbone of the course. Um, it defined what you were going to learn. And sometimes, I mean, I don't know about uh, some of the listeners out there, but a lot of times we, I went through a class and we didn't even get to these uh, later chapters because the instructor, because we got behind something like that. So the idea that content um, is a big thing we need to address no doubt, right? We need to talk about content, where we get our content, how we deliver our content, all sorts of stuff like that. So what is content now? So just thinking about content and how it used to be, let's say 2,000 years ago. Um, When we talk about Socratic method, we talk about Socrates and how he taught. And it was basically just um, him talking to people, having a conversation back and forth, engaging in critical thinking, all that sort of thing. Um, But content was just 
a person's experience and them uh, giving that experience across to other people, um, telling people stories, uh, things like that. That's largely how content was delivered for a very long time. Uh, when we started getting books uh, a few hundred, not a few hundred years later, but 15, 16, 1700 years later, um, that became kind of a static way of capturing knowledge so that other people could absorb it, right? We still had our lectures, we still had our teachers uh, professing all this knowledge, being that sage character for our students. Um, but largely the content was delivered in textbook form, uh, and this has been true till only about, or it's true up until today, um, but largely it's been true um, for the majority of the content we absorb uh, back until probably the 90s or so, even even up until today, you're have a, you might uh, have a class where all you're using is a textbook as a source of content. But with the advent of the internet, things have changed, and that ties into the sage without a stage, right? The sage on the stage has their knowledge to impart upon the world. But what happens when uh, the world changes and Wikipedia provides all the knowledge compiled onto one website ever in the world, right? Chances are the things that I was learning about as far as Roman history and, and anthropology and things like that in my undergraduate degree are easily found on Wikipedia today. So the idea that there's value in just knowing things is is kind of on its way out. And, and how do we deal with that? So back to what I was talking about with the, with the internet um, coming along, we've got all these sources of uh, content that we can draw upon to use in our classes. Um, the power of doing this is just to bring content in and to talk about uh, contemporary issues. You can bring in videos of news events that happened earlier in the day and make that part of your curriculum and part of the learning experience. So just as an introduction, try to think about content as something different than a textbook and, and think about alternate ways you can deliver your content. Uh, the next piece of the education triangle, as I'll call it, is assessment. Um, so the idea of assessment here uh, is mainly tied to how students prove they can do something uh, after they leave the subject, right? Uh, we'll go way more into assessment in subsequent episodes, um, but your standard model of lecture, exam, paper rinse, wash, repeat sort of thing, right? That is that is the model for a lot of classes still um, in the world. So um, I'm not advocating to get away from that, but in this podcast, we'll just talk about alternate ways of uh, assessing students and how we can uh, get them uh, to be more engaged with their assessment. Uh, a lot of assessment is basically uh, the students saying, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to give it to the teacher, and that's the end of it. There's There's sometimes not that much interaction with that uh, uh, assessment piece uh, happening in the class. Uh, the last part of the education triangle is the word interaction. Now, this, in the context of the triangle, has a few different meanings. You can talk about uh, interaction with uh, your students. Uh, it, that's teacher-student interaction. You can talk about uh, interaction between students, student-student interaction. And then um, probably the more important piece is just thinking about the interaction between your students, their assessments, and the content. And if you can think about this in your head as just kind of a drawing with kind of three circles joined together by lines, 
all of these things should interact with each other, right? Um, students should interact with their assessments and vice versa. The assessments should give feedback to provide uh, information to the students so they can do better on next assessment, so they can learn from those uh, assessment tasks. Um, assessments should really interact with content. Now, that sounds kind of weird, right? How would they do that? And we'll go more into this in more detail into this in subsequent episodes. But um, the idea here is that if you're giving students content to read, to watch, to absorb, uh, they should be assisting the students in proving that they know how to do something, proving that they are l meeting their learning outcomes and helping them to achieve uh, the goals for the assessment task. So whatever you're giving your students should directly feed into assessment, right? I went through, I remember going through high school and our science teacher sometimes would just put on a, at that time it was a VHS tape, if you remember those. Um, he would put it in, press play, leave, and we didn't know where he went. Um, probably went to get a coffee with his, um, uh, with the other teachers, whatever. But he would come back an hour later and we would have gotten all of this content. Uh, we were just sitting there watching a video whether or not uh, all the information that we watched in that video would be in the exam that we took or the quizzes that we took, um, that was debatable. So try to think critically about the content um, aspect uh, in your teaching and how does that actually inform or link to the assessment? Um, are you giving students more than they need, less than they need? Um, and thinking about different ways of uh, having that content and assessment interact with each other. Um, if your assessment just finished up, is there a way to lead an assessment into the next phase of content? Can you uh, set up an assessment such that students will be asking questions related to content that you haven't even given them, given them yet? Something like that. Another thing to think about is how assessments can actually interact with each other. So thinking about assessments um, as kind of a a, um, an uphill, not struggle, but an uphill journey, right? You have your first assessment, which maybe uh, has the students demonstrate skills that are quite simple, the next one a little more advanced, the next one a little more advanced. Um, and so you can lead one into the other instead of having them be walled gardens into themselves. So when assessment one is done, you never see anything about it again. But assessments can interact with each other, pieces of content can interact with each other, students can interact with each other, okay? So the idea here is just to think about this triangle, how you implement it in your own teaching and how uh, we can think about different ways to uh, see how that looks because everybody's triangle is going to be different in every class that you teach, right? Okay, so I think that's it for the first episode. It was kind of brief, only about 10 minutes. Um, for future episodes, I'll probably shoot around 10, 15 minutes, um, and that way I think that's a good digestible time uh, for podcasts. Um, in the future, we'll be just diving deep into really, really specific aspects of assessment content, uh, selection content, um, uh, delivery, um, and how to foster collaboration here. Um, so the, again, just to reiterate, um, sage without a stage. I mean, we don't have stages anymore, and we need to be uh, more, I would say, curators of content and facilitators of learning experiences more than a sage on a stage. Okay, so if you have any questions, um, Largely, uh, if we have uh, listeners supporting this podcast and listening, um, I'd really, really love to address uh, 
issues that are brought up by the community. Uh, so in subsequent episodes, if you want to chime in, uh, we are on Twitter at sage underscore podcast. And you can also reach out by email at sagewithoutastage at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>